How are you guys doing? Good? You guys give it up for the worship band. They're doing an awesome job. Just so you guys know, Julian has been awesome. Julian's a worship leader. He has brought this band up here with him. He actually wasn't planning on being up here, but through crazy amount of circumstances, he was faithful and he was willing to step in. And so I'm so, so pumped that he's here because he's doing such an awesome job of teaching you guys what it means to have a heart of worship. Do you guys know why you sing? Like, do you know why when you, when you look at the screen, you're singing these words? The reason that you're singing these words is because you're singing into, as, as a response of what Christ and what God has done, not only in your life, but for lost sinners. And so I want you guys to remember that. When you guys are singing these songs, you're not just having this, this emotional experience. You guys aren't just singing songs that are just with these arbitrary words that don't really mean anything. You guys are singing songs that are founded in scripture that are true. And so I want you guys and I want to encourage you guys that as you guys come together and worship, remember that. Um, one of the, the, the best things that um, was taught to me when I was young is this word. It's called doxology. Doxology. Um, and if you want to write this down, you can write this down. The definition of doxology is essentially just a heart cry to God out of gratitude. Doxology is the way that we worship God. And when we read scripture, and as Brian comes up on stage day and day after day, night after night, and he's bringing the word of God, when we read the word of God, oftentimes it comes and it goes here, right? We like, we're like understanding what he's saying. We, we understand, we affirm it theologically. We're like, yeah, Brian, I understand what you're saying. I know the Bible. I kind of know some of these things. But oftentimes what we fail to recognize is that theology, what Brian is talking about, when he opens the Bible, theology is supposed to lead us to worship God. And it is my prayer that as you guys open scripture, that you guys wouldn't just read it so that you would gain head knowledge. You wouldn't just read it so you would just know more facts about who God is, but you would read it and that reading it would actually cause you to worship God deeper and deeper. And so that is why we sing. That is why we worship God. And so, um, yeah, it's just awesome. I love worship. And so, hey, today I'm going to talk about missions, okay? And missions is one of those things in the church that oftentimes I feel, and a lot of us feel like, I think we get, we get a little bit mixed up. It gets a little bit misrepresented. Uh, missions often is misunderstood by a lot of people. Um, one of the reasons it might be misunderstood is because a lot of us see missions as something that, that a small portion of believers do, right? It's like this small portion of believers that decide, hey, I'm going to sell everything I own and I'm going to go to the bush, and I'm just going to preach the word of God to these people. And we see that as being missions, right? We see that as being like, hey, these people are missionaries. These people are supported by the church. These people are going out and spreading the gospel, right? And some of us see missions as like a cool opportunity to travel. You know, like some of us feel like, oh, it'd be awesome to do missions because I want to see another country, you know? And obviously, like, it's awesome that some of us want to travel, but that's not the reason we do missions. And oftentimes people think 
missions is something that's like separate from the church. That these, we have these mission organizations that, that send money, that send food, water, that send people to preach the gospel in these places without pointing them to the local church in that area. And I believe that that is actually not the biblical view of missions. How many of you guys seen Spider-Man? The, the recent Spider-Man. With great power comes, with great power comes great responsibility. Um, I love Spider-Man. I love the, the story, the movie is Spider-Man. Part of the reason I love Spider-Man so much is he has this wrestle, right? He has this responsibility that is placed on him by a random uh, assortment of circumstances. And so he is here. He has this power, right? And, and at first, if you guys have seen the first Spider-Man, best Spider-Man, by the way. Tobey Maguire, best Spider-Man. That's right. Green Goblin is the best villain of all time, okay? I'm just letting you know. Um, Green Goblin's the best villain of all time. That's right. Um, but yeah, you see with Spider-Man, with Peter Parker, you see this wrestle, right? He has this wrestle with himself. At first, he, he discovers that he has these powers. He doesn't really know what to do with them. And, and at first, he, he sees like there's this girl that he really likes. And so that becomes the, the driving factor for him to actually to use his powers for his own self-gain. He tries to buy a car, you know, and he, he, goes, he goes into the ring and that guy's like, Bonesaw is ready. And he's like, we're getting ready to fight this dude in the ring. But the reason that he's doing it and the reason he's going to use his power ultimately isn't to help anybody. It's truly just to help himself because he's scared. Because he doesn't know that responsibility, that true power requires responsibility. And so I love that story. And for you and I, as we read scripture, we realize, and as we come into these chapels night after night and hear the word of God and the gospel is proclaimed to us and presented to us, we have that same, we have a greater responsibility as believers. We have a greater responsibility to those that are lost and those that are dying. And so Romans 1.16 says, For I am unashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And I wonder if some of us truly believe that in this room. That when we come in here and we listen to the messages preached by Brian, that we truly believe that what is being spoken is life-changing power in our lives. And a power that demands that we go and share it. I think a lot of us oftentimes find ourselves afraid when we're in our group of friends to share the gospel. We find ourselves trembling in fear every time the word Jesus comes up or every time the word God comes up or maybe the word God doesn't come up at all in your conversations. And I want to encourage you guys this right now. There would be no need for, for godly courage if it weren't for fear. So I'm letting you guys know right now, like fear is normal in those circumstances. Like it is not a comfortable thing to just go and start preaching what you've learned at camp, right? Like you need to overcome that fear. And what the way that we do that is through the work and the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you guys, if you guys have your, 
your Bibles, did you guys open to Romans 10? Romans 10. Romans 10, 15. Here is what that verse says. It's actually, it's actually our theme verse for this week. And so you guys heard Harry say it earlier. Um, but this is a beautiful picture of what it means to live a life on mission. Here's what it says. Romans 10, 14. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without somebody preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. I love that last part. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. You guys presented the gospel this week. The gospel that challenges a lot of our view systems and challenges our worldviews. And you guys have the opportunity as you come before him and some of you guys accept Christ for the first time and surrender your life to him as king of your life. But I'm telling you this right now. The reason that you guys come up to camp isn't so that you make a one-time decision and then go and live your ordinary life again. When you guys leave this place, you guys are meant to live out this Romans 10, 14 verse. You guys are meant to live out the reality that you are called to share the gospel with not only people in other countries, let's start in our local communities. Let's start at home in our own backyards. And I know a lot of youth pastors will say the missions field is the backyard. Like your, your own backyard is your missions field, right? That's like a common thing that, that youth, youth pastors will say or pastors will say, and it's true. It's true, why? Because every single one of us is called to be on mission. Every single one of us who hears the truth should have an urge to see a lost and dying world be saved through the power of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. If you guys want to turn with me um, to Matthew, Matthew chapter 28. So Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. This is a, this is a like, this is a paramount verse um, that is used to describe missions, right? This is the Great Commission. And if you haven't been in church, this is essentially right after Jesus has been, has been crucified. He's, he's risen three days later, and he appears before his disciples. And his disciples are awestruck, right? And this is what he tells him. This is what he tells them. He says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I mean, that's an amazing and an encouraging verse. But one of the things I found interesting as I read that verse is, is, is what happens 
So if we say, verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, where are disciples made? Like, like where, where do we see disciples being made, even just in your own communities, right? We see them being made at church. And where do you see, where do you see baptism? Where do you see actually people getting baptized and confessing their faith before their friends and their family? You see it at church. And so one of the craziest things about this verse is oftentimes it's used to depict missions when in reality, the church is the only plan of redemption for humanity. God is using the church to spread his kingdom. And so before you guys ask the question, man, is my heart for missions? Do I need to go out into another country, sell everything I own, and preach the gospel to these people? I would say before you ask that question, I would ask the question, am I involved in my local church? Am I first preaching the gospel and inviting my friends to our church right here at home? And I, listen, I am not demeaning and I, I, and I affirm that some of us and many of us need to go. Some of us have that calling on our hearts that God puts in us, that fire, like I need to go some, and I need to do something with this. There are people out there that haven't heard, and if they haven't heard, how can they believe? And they haven't believed, how can they be saved? The answer is a rhetorical question. They won't unless we go. So I affirm that. I affirm that there are people that are, have a call in their life to share the gospel with those who ha- don't have access to the word of God with those who don't have churches that are properly supported and so are struggling. So I believe that we need to be a missions-minded people globally. But that doesn't mean we, need, we don't need to be missions-minded when it comes to our communities, in our youth groups, and in our churches. It's a sad reality that as we, as oftentimes high schoolers of this age, this age group, as they enter college, church attendance plummets. It's like, like it's insane. We end up like high schoolers after youth group, for whatever reason, they don't find purpose in the church. And that is one of the saddest things to hear. And the church is the mission that we are called to. Like, Like it says right here, go and make disciples. We are to be the church in that. Are you making disciples? Are you inviting people into a relationship with Christ? Are you being a light in your schools? And then as you grow in your church, and a lot of you guys have awesome churches that are missions-minded churches that, that, that believe in the Great Commission, not only locally but globally, and that support missionaries to go out into the world and to preach the good news. And so first, the question I'd ask you, is the church important to me? Is the body of Christ important to me? I don't just see the global missions as something to be sought after. I see local missions as something to be sought after. I need to invite my friends to church. I need to be honest about sin. I need to tell them the truth that the only way to the Father and the only way to actually know who God is is through repentance. And I would challenge you guys with that. Are you unashamed of the gospel? 
for it is the power of God unto salvation. Are you unashamed? And unashamed, like I said, doesn't mean you lack all fear. That would be crazy. You would be a psychopath if you just had no fear. But God gives us the ability through the work of the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, it always is saying, and the Holy Spirit filled them with boldness. And they went and they proclaimed in the synagogues. And they went out into the town squares and they preached the word of God. The Holy Spirit is able to fill you with the boldness needed to share the gospel. And so what does that look like practically in your lives? Well, maybe it looks like you start a Christian club on your campus. Or maybe it looks like you join the FCA team on your campus and you're actually inviting people into those places that might not be churched. Or maybe it looks like you're constantly inviting your friends to youth group where they're able to hear the gospel even though they get annoyed with you. There's a certain point in your life and there was a certain point in my life where I actually had to sacrifice what people thought of me in order that I might be obedient to what God has called me to do. And so my prayer is for, for you guys to do that. And right now, um, I want to go into just a real quick time of prayer. Um, I want you guys to maybe gather in maybe groups of five or five to ten. And I want you guys to pray I want you guys to ask God, hey God, if this is something that you've placed in my heart to be globally missions minded, God, I pray that you would continue to push me in that direction. And furthermore, I pray and I, and you guys should pray and as you guys get together, you guys should be honest and be like, God, we need to be more missions minded locally. We need to have the fire of the gospel within us to be spreading throughout our local communities. And so two things I'd pray for, like I just said, whether or not it is actually truly a calling on your life to go to the global, to go to global missions, to actually seek out those that have no access to the gospel. And the second is whether or not you truly are missions minded here at home, in your communities, down the hill, wherever you come from. And so we'll take a little bit of time to pray. And then after that, we're going to gather together and we're going to sing. We're going to worship God. And then we'll be out of here. Sound good? Awesome. Thanks, guys.